Hello and welcome to Megaphone Project's podcast. I'm Belinda Merritt. And in this podcast, we will feature and celebrate people who make a positive impact on their communities in Baltimore. Today's guest is local writer and artist Tatiana Ford. Tatiana Ford is a local writer and artist who's interested in creative processes that require intricate intimacy, vulnerability, and truth, and artworks. They may not have finality or not associated with traditional standards of beauty. I hear that, Tatiana. (laughs) Welcome to the Megaphone Project podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, that's always the hardest question. (laughs) Um, I... Consider Baltimore my home now, but I'm originally from Chicago. Um, I've always considered myself an artist. Um, usually I do visual art, but I've been more involved in performative art. And I always encourage people to try all different modalities of art if they are considering themselves an artist in any way. Art is very freeing. I, I really, it's it's like medicine to yeah. your soul. So when you say visual art, what type of visual art? So I started with drawing, right, as a kid. I think Mm -hmm. every child draws. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I quickly moved into theater. Um, And after that, it's just been a whirlwind of all kinds of artworks. I don't even know what to call them. What brought you to Baltimore? School. So I came here to um, study cognitive science. I'm impressed. (laughs) What school did you attend in Baltimore? I went to Hopkins. Oh, okay. Great, great, great. So, Tantiana, since you've been um, here in Baltimore, what have you done to make a positive change in the community? Um, That is a heavy question. Um, I think when it comes to change, it can feel pretty subjective, Right, because I think we all have our different definitions of what change means to a community. Uh, for me, it's been um, going to protests. It's been talking with people who are underprivileged. It's been donating my time to organizations. It's been all kinds of things. And the last protest that happened in Baltimore, did you participate in the last protest? No, I wasn't able to. I was out of town. Okay, so which protest did you participate in in Baltimore? So most of the protests that I'm referring to now Mm -hmm. are um, in regards to the transgender community. Mm -hmm. Baltimore Safe Haven has been having, I think, annual, if not um, more frequent than that, uh, protests to talk about the violence that goes against transgender people. Uh, in Baltimore and also just in the country and the world. Great, great, great. That it's it's very impressive. It really is. So, what is your relationship to in the trans transgender community? I wouldn't say I have a personal relationship within mm-hmm. the transgender community. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are transgender, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I just recognize that everybody is human and should be treated as such. And um, folks of the transgender community tend to not have that same nicety applied to them. I agree. I, I, I solely agree with that. It, it hasn't been until programs, um, I've, I've always stood afar and watched, never really had an opinion about the transgender community, uh, the gay community as a whole. But the more um, I research and now I have friends, um, it's opened up a whole new world um, for me in, in my personal world 
Um, you know, my biases that I had, I no longer have. I still have a few that I'm working on because I'm kind of, you know, ignorant to, when it comes to certain things like mm-hmm. most people are. Um, because for so long, you, everybody had to, people who belonged to that community had to pretty much be in the background and not be heard. So right. that's a really good thing that you do that platform like that. Yeah, absolutely. If ever I, whenever I try to do any type of change, it's usually for people in underrepresented communities, you know. And you mentioned earlier that you also worked with young people with children. What do you do? Is that more like for the art, visual art? Uh, So uh, when I have worked with children in the past, it's usually been as a support system. So I've done some mentoring, I've done some tutoring, but I've also worked as a therapist intern. So I did some expressive arts therapy with some children. Very good. What are you doing now? Uh, Now I do a mix of everything. Um, I like to write. I like to paint. I like to... um, share with people the art that I make and I like to make sure that people have platforms where they can share their art too. Do you have a studio that you work out of or uh, um, a a group that you belong to? No, I have this thing called a basement where (laughs) I um, (laughs) do most of my work. (laughs) Have you sold any of your work? Yeah, I remember the first time I sold a piece of my work. I felt so proud of myself and... um, not that I think that that art should be assigned any monetary right, value. Right, I understand. Um, but it felt good. Great. Do you have a website that I, people can go to? I do and I don't. Okay. Um, I have a project that's coming up, uh, and so I have a website for that project, but not for my personal art. No, I don't. I haven't. How about gotten if, into if that. people who are listening wanted to reach out to you? How about any social media? Yeah, definitely. I have an Instagram, Mm -hmm. and that's just my first name, Tatiana, T-A-T-I-A-N-A, with an extra A, and then my middle name, Naya, N-Y-A-A. So Tatiana with an extra A, Naya with an extra A. Oh, that's really nice, Tatiana. I like your first and middle name. Thank you. <laughs> you better be glad I'm not. I'm can't have any more children because if I could, <laughs> I would definitely use that name. <laughs> okay, Tatiana, is there anything that you want to want the our listening audience to know about you? Anything more? Something I missed? Um. I don't think so. Uh, I think something that a lot of my friends understand about me is that I will try to push expressive arts therapy onto almost everybody I meet. I think therapy is um, stigmatized in a way that feels archaic. And so I like to let people know that um, to attend therapy is to be human, is to recognize the importance in um, checking your mental health and um, wanting better for yourself. Can you speak more on what expressive art therapy is? Yeah, so I think art in its um, in itself is therapeutic, but with expressive arts therapy, it uses the process of art making to uh, foster and facilitate interpersonal and intrapersonal change and growth and healing. Great, great, great. So is that what you do, uh, like? 
on um, on a full time basis as far as well. No, not yet. I majored um, in grad school in expressive arts therapy, and now I just gotta find a job and oh, I'm sure doing the work. You'll, you'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You'll really do it. Okay then. Um, Morgan, my super duper up up producer. So this time you have to come on mic, Morgan, and uh, and and ask a question. I know you're shy. All right. Hey, Tatiana. Hey. In your bio that you sent me, um, you asked the question. Uh, I guess to yourself, if we accept the idea that self-expression doesn't have to be pleasant and doesn't have to mimic a commercial form or process, then what are the limits of that? Do you want to, do you have an answer for that? Or <laughs> um, I, I think the answer is that there are no limits. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think that they their art has to be aesthetically pleasing. It has to come from uh, a place of growth. And I don't think that's the case. I think art can be... Um, traditionally ugly or um, not I, I think there's no definition to how art making should operate within the self and um, internally and externally Yeah, and I've, I've seen some of your art and I've been to some of your performances and <laughs> they're amazing thanks so Listeners, if you ever get wind that Tatiana Ford is performing somewhere, please go see it. It's great. And I'd like to follow up with that. Where have you performed here in Baltimore? Um, that is a great question. Um, I have performed at the Baltimore Theater Project. I've performed with some of the theater groups in Baltimore. Um, and uh, I'm working on performing in different venues around the city um yeah so your project coming up mm -hmm. um what are you doing so i'm still figuring that out but i think that's part of the process mm -hmm. and it's a lot of fun for me in figuring it out um but the basic point is that it's going to be a variety show so it's going to have a um, wide range of performers from drag queens to bands to comedians to whoever else feels comfortable performing um, and it will be a charity fundraiser so um, I started it because I thought it would be fun <laughs> but I realized that I didn't really want anything out of it outside of just wanting to perform and so um, I realized that I could um, make the proceeds go to some charity. And so I've chosen Baltimore Safe Haven, which I've mentioned before, and also Baltimore Abortion Fund. Mm -hmm. You are a true creative because that creative people never think about the monetary value. They, they just want to. They don't want to be bothered with it. They just want to create <laughs> and, and just put forth. So you truly are creative. You really are. Thank you. If um, if you want to know more about the uh, variety show or if you feel like you want to donate to the variety show, to the uh, charities that we'll be supporting, um, we have a GoFundMe page and you can just Google Floozy Carmichael's Variety Show and it should come up. That's an awesome name. <laughs>
<laughs> that is my drag queen persona, and I'm very excited Lucy about her. Lucy Carmichael. Yeah. So do you participate in a drag queen, uh, or do you just follow? I, I've, I've never been to... Uh, I did go to... What, what, what is it when you have brunch? A drag brunch. Yeah, yeah, a drag brunch. That was a lot of fun, but yeah, I've, I've never been to like a ball. I've always wanted to go to the hippo to see a performance, mm-hmm. but by the time I had a chance to go, they were closing the hippo down. So Yeah, that's unfortunate. I think a lot of people were upset when the hippo closed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sorry that I didn't get a chance to experience that. Yeah, but there are still a lot of drag performers in Baltimore, a lot of people you can see, a lot of places you can go. Um, and brunch is always easy. There are a million drag brunches, and I think everybody just likes brunch anyway. They're usually bottomless mimosas, and you get to see the queens laughing and dancing and I just, personally, it always energizes me. Yeah. You know, um, when the pandemic hit uh, last year, I I had the fortune to have seen a few shows before, like, lockdown happened. Mm -hmm. um, And they were amazing. And I, I started following some of the drag queens on Instagram. And to be safe, what they started was drag shows on Instagram. Um, so if you are someone who would want to watch a show or experience that, you can, um, look up some, uh, Baltimore drag queens on Instagram and support them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Tatiana, I just want to thank you so much, um, for coming in and blessing our very first episode of the Megaphone Podcast. <laughs> oh, you are so very thank welcome. Thank you so much. And please feel free anytime that you have a project that you, that you want to promote or talk about, please feel free to come back and uh, talk about it. We surely would like to have you back. Definitely. Thank you so much, Belinda. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you for listening to Megaphone Project. We are a nonprofit that provides Baltimore communities with an outlet to discuss social issues and a ways to bring about a positive change through all forms of media. You can visit Megaphone Project's Facebook page, and if you know someone who is working to make a positive change in Baltimore, you can send an email to Megaphone Project Films. Don't forget to put that S on film at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.